Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. You have probably seen Ela's award-winning Super Serum Skin Tint with its iconic bottle and dropper all over social media. It feels like every influencer is talking about it. Ela is the OG of clean, thoughtfully formulated products that are super hydrating to improve your skin over time. Ela's Super Serum Skin Tint with SPF 40 is a number one bestseller and award winner. A clean skin tint with light, dewy coverage and active ingredients like niacinamide, hyaluronic acid, and squalane. It truly makes your skin feel alive. The best thing is you can submit a selfie on their website and a real human will shade match you with one of their 30 shades and they have a 96% success rate. So try it for yourself. Visit elabeauty.com and use Just Ingredients at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. That's ilabeauty.com with code Just Ingredients for 15% off your first purchase. Dr. Christian Gonzalez, a.k.a. Dr. G, is the host of the Top 40 Health Show, Heal Thyself. He's co-founder of the Swell Score Marketplace and leader in emotional trauma healing. He completed his doctorate of naturopathic medicine at the University of Bridgeport College of Naturopathic Medicine in 2014. He is a leading and trusted voice in all things holistic health and has been featured in countless media outlets, including MSN, the LA Times, Shape, and more. Welcome to the show today, everyone. I am so honored to have my guest here today. I have wanted Dr. G on our show for a really long time. Um, He is one that I follow on social media. He's one that I watch his show. He just is an amazing doctor trying to do so much good out there in the world. And so I'm really honored that he took the time to be here today. So thank you, Dr. G, for being here today. Oh, man, thank you for inviting me. Listen, there's a lot of things that I want to talk about today. And for the viewers and listeners, we are ready to go out the gate. You know, there's a lot of good stuff, but thank you for really creating this space for your audience and bringing people on like me to, to spread our, our work, our passion, whatever it is to heal. Well, thank you for being here. And like you said, we have a lot to discuss. I want to talk about emotional health, trauma, all these things. But before we begin, will you just tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and your background? Yes, absolutely, uh, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and I am a naturopathic doctor. And for those who are not aware what a naturopathic doctor is, it's a doctor who is uh, grounded and uses the approach that the body has the ability to heal itself, something that we already know, right? When you give it what it needs to heal, i.e. food, i.e. sun, sleep, community, love, touch, all of the things that we need as human beings, and you remove the things that are blocking that obstacle to healing, right? The processed foods, the toxins in our in our in our makeup and our shower stuff, uh, the the things we're breathing in, the stressful people in our lives, all of the things that don't serve us. So once you remove those things, and we take the holistic approach, the mind, the body, the emotions, the spirit. It's not just body that we're looking at. You know, you go to your local PCP. Hey, you know, I'm I'm starting to get chest pain. Okay. Do you have asthma? Let's give you albuterol. There you go. Well, why the hell do you have asthma? 
right? right? What's going on in the home? What are you breathing in? Is it a mold issue? Are you breathing in volatile chemicals, right? Or is there something structurally, mechanically wrong? Are you inflamed? Are you, do you have an indolent infection that we don't know about? These are the things we rule out from a holistic standpoint, but it's not just physical. And I'm happy that we make in the space to talk about the emotional thing. But I worked as a naturopathic for many years after school, uh, particularly in cancer. My mom died of breast cancer when I was in school, my freshman year uh, of medical. And it brought me to it's funny how life converges, right? It's, there's a reason if you listen and you take these risks and follow your heart, really, as cliche as it sounds, following your intuition and your heart. And as life was going, I worked in an integrative cancer hospital and I saw a lot of sick people and I was under the impression that cancer only happened to older people, right? And, you know, seeing people my age sitting in front of me and I'm interviewing them, seeing people younger than me. And at the time I was like 30, 31. And I was just, watching them. And I was like, I can't believe that there's something happening that's deeper than just food. Hmm. So as I left this integrative hospital, and went to practice for myself in California. I started looking at all of my clients coming in for cancer and, and drawing a little pie chart. What are all the things we know integratively? What do we know evidence-based is leading to cancer? Now, what are the things that we're not talking about, but I'm seeing? I'm seeing in tests or I'm seeing as you know, be always being sensitive to people's energy. I know what they're saying. Like, I know what's underlying the words they say. And in this pie chart, I looked and I saw a big chunk that was missing that we haven't researched enough. And it was environmental toxins, environmental exposures, and emotional repression. Okay. So at the time, there was enough research out there that I could have gone the environmental route. And I did. So I went full force. And that's when I really started establishing I guess, a name in the medical community for myself from the environmental standpoint. What are the things in our home? You know, I remember doing a podcast a while ago and they're like, hey, Dr. G, what is the best bed? What's the best matcha? What is the best deodorant, right? Hitting me, boom, boom, rapid oh, fire. Wow. It, it, and I was like, okay. I was like, all of my years of studying and now I'm just recommending products. <laughs> products. And, I, and I, didn't, I didn't feel, I felt like there was more to it. And in a beautiful way, it started to show me, and it was in my own experience when I got really sick with mold, which is an environmental toxin, right? Which we know is connected to different types of cancers, brain, breast. And I thought to myself, okay, what if I was exposed to mold even worse growing up? Or what if I'm exposed to mold in, in the future? Every house has mold on some level, right? And I thought about resiliency and resiliency is a big thing. What is the cup? The cup that is filling up, filling up, filling up, filling up, and then overflows and then we manifest anything from a skin disease all the way to a cancer, a chronic disease, right? Why are we filling up our cups and what's determining the size of the cup? And then that's when I started going into the resiliency and emotional healing, emotional repression. If you are living in a moldy home and you're repressing your emotions, that environmental exposure is going to be way more accentuated, way more dramatic on your system then if you're at a place where your cup is empty and now you're being exposed to this stuff inevitably, it's gonna affect you, but not, not the way that it's gonna affect someone who's holding in all of that internal stress that has yet to be released. And this is when I started going the route for, okay, there's something that no one in medicine is talking about. Not really, right? The closest thing might be polyvagal theory stuff, but it's deeper than that, you know? And there's been an advent of breath work, but it's deeper than that. You know, there's a connection between the somatic and the emotional health that is beyond just resiliency. It has everything to do with are the expression of our mental health. 
the expression of our physical health, the expression of how we are triggered in relationship, right? Why are we triggered in our, with our partners, right? Or uh, why are we triggered with our coworkers? It transforms your relationships because ultimately it transforms your relationship to yourself, which ultimately is the most important relationship you have. Even if you have kids, it's all about how you present your own authentic self so your kids see you as a modeled mother or father and that changes generational trauma, which is perpetuated for generations upon generations and upon generations. A lot of the qualities that don't serve us that we have right now are a lot of qualities that our grandfather had, our great grandfather had, our great, 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 great grandfather and grandmother had. It's within us. So that's when things became revolutionary. And, and not coincidentally, when I started putting this into practice, that's when I started seeing miracle healings. And, and I don't wow. say that, I don't take that lightly. I take in medicine, I study and we, we look at different disease states and we know here's the pharmaceutical intervention. Here's a naturopathic herbal one. Here are things that usually take a while. It's going to take a while to start healing this. These are these don't heal. But then I, I come here and I go, I start doing this practice and I start seeing issues, complications, disease states that are reversing in an hour right? The next day, completely gone. Wow. And that's the moment I said, there's an emotional component to 90% of diseases we see. Emotional component, especially gut issues, especially skin issues, especially mood disorders, which we'll go into a little bit more. I know that was a little long-winded, but you know, I get a little passionate when I talk, okay? No, I so love that's it. My that's my background and sort of the journey, how these different layers have peeled off that have brought me into this form of a healer, which I think is past a doctor. It's it's healer. Can can we create a space with the body to do its own thing that it does best, and that's heal. Oh, I love everything that you've said. And I talk a lot about the foods we should eat and the environmental toxins, but I don't talk a lot about emotional stuff. And that's why I'm really excited that you're here today, because mm -hmm. I just want to talk about all the emotional stuff. So I want to start at the very beginning, the very basics, and just describe for my listeners, like, what do you mean when we're talking about our emotional health? Mm-hmm. So we are uh, emotional beings, right? Let's, let's think of any listener. If you have kids or you've been around kids, you certainly were a kid. But in that age where you are a child in a state of wonder, in that age that you are a child who is fully connected to just the presence of being, right? When, when you, 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 had, you have kids. I do, Remember when they kids. were yeah, Remember when they were four years old, three years old, two, you brought them to the park. And they were just kind of staring at everything. They were like staring at the tree. And if you don't interrupt the kid, it's going to be staring at the tree for 10 minutes. And then it'll look down and then, oh, there's a caterpillar and then stares at the caterpillar then stares at the bird. That's not a coincidence. There's a reason why children do that up to the age of around six or seven. And it's because they're in a very different brainwave state than we are. Our brainwave state is more dominant in the egoic, who am I in relation to this experience? So let's say we take a three-year-old kid and we take a eight-year-old kid and we bring them to the same place and we put them in a little space with grass and there's a caterpillar right and you tell the kids to stare at the caterpillar the eight-year-old is going to lose interest much faster the three-year-old is still going to be in the state of wonder watching the caterpillar full deep presence and being and it's because their brainwave state has not yet developed the ego enough where it's not who am i in relation to the caterpillar it is just caterpillar whatever color, whatever shape, whatever size, I accept this experience of caterpillar. Whereas the eight-year-old now has developed his ego enough to go, okay, well, here's a caterpillar and 
brown. I don't like brown. I don't like this 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 shade of brown. I don't like it. Why? Because it's the color of the bad guy on the superhero cartoon that I watch. Therefore, I don't like caterpillar, right? Yep. And they don't go through they don't go through that process of thinking. They just know, okay, I just don't like this. I don't like caterpillars, right? Yep. So there's a reason why emotions which are fully authentically expressed be, become repressed over time. Now in that three-year-old, that three-year-old, if they're hungry, they're gonna say, Mom, I'm hungry, I want food right now. If they gotta poop, they're either gonna poop their pants or they're gonna go, I need the bathroom right now. Yep. If they're sad, they're gonna cry. If they're angry, ooh, they're gonna throw a tantrum. I know you've seen one or two tantrums by your kids at some point yep. in your life, Yep. right? And if they're scared, they're gonna shake and you're gonna see their eyes open really in fear. So then what happens as we get older, 8, 9, 10, 11, 13 years old, where you look at your kids and go, I don't know if she's angry right now. I can't tell anymore. I don't know what happened. So true. Why? Right? So what happens is we begin to repress emotions. And this isn't by mistake. This is around the age of six or seven when our brain waves change. And our brain waves change to all of a sudden create, like I said, that egoic expression, that egoic, who am I now in relation to? And it comes to the home. It always comes back to the home. What is the experience of my tribe? What is the experience of mom? What is the experience of dad? What is the experience of mom and dad together? Mm. What about if dad gets really mad? How does mom get? But what if mom gets really mad? How does dad get? Have I ever seen dad cry? Does mom cry? These are all things that the kid isn't really consciously thinking of or logically putting together. It's experiential. So by the time they're seven or eight years old, that little boy or little girl knows exactly the little boy or little girl they need to be for mom and dad. Interesting. That means that means that that little boy or girl they need to be may require that they all of a sudden start turning down that expression of emotion, the unfiltered emotion that you saw when they were before six or seven. All of a sudden, maybe dad comes home. He's really mad. He doesn't know how to express his anger because his dad took his anger out on him and his dad took his anger out on him. And your dad, your, the dad is dealing with emotional trauma and can't even hold anger. So all of a sudden is taking it out on mom and yells. That's going to create a lot of fear in the household. Therefore, what's the message to the child? Well, when I'm angry, I can't do that because mom cries. Okay. So I can't express my anger. Maybe now the hundred percent anger expression is that a 50. Maybe now it's out of 40. Maybe the kid is fully repressing that emotion of anger. Wow. or sadness, or fear, or guilt, or shame, or even sexuality. These are all important pieces to a human being. And we repress those as we get older, and it's almost exclusively due to the safety of our household. We sacrifice our authenticity for survivability. Wow. Because if we don't conform to the norms of the household, well, then that is putting a threat to our survivability. Maybe we don't get food. Maybe if I express my anger, even when I'm eight, nine years old, and I know that dad does that in the mind, oh my God, I'm going to disrupt the whole norm of the house. I might not get food. I might not survive. I might die. This is the biological impulses that we have as children. And this is why as we get older, it's not just parents then, all of a sudden it's school, then it's teachers, Mm -hmm. then it's professors, then it's friends, then it's boyfriends, then it's girlfriends. And all of a sudden we're 20s, 30s, 40 years old looking at ourselves and we go, okay, well, who the hell am I? Right. Because we lost so much touch with who we are, because who we are is just a culmination of identities that were allowed and unallowed by other people. You explained that so well. And I'm sitting here thinking, wow, that is spot on. I hadn't really thought about it like that before. So let's talk about repressed emotions. What are are there top repressed emotions that most people repress? Yeah, there are basic human driving emotions that we have. Human being, if you if you look at a kid, you'll know you'll know what the emotions are, right? You see a kid fear, sadness, 
you see anger in a kid, that's easy to see. You see guilt, right? Especially if a kid does something, you say, hey, hey, what are you doing? Don't, you can't do that, right? You see the expression, the contraction of the body, the face and worry, kind of like a dog, right? Hey, why'd you pee there? Don't pee, don't pee, right? The, the dog knows how to express that, that energy and the reciprocation to the voice, to, to, to the tone. So fear, anger, guilt, shame, right? Sadness, grief, repressed sexuality. These are all human emotions that we repress over time. And it's different for different people. It's because, again, it's in the household. What's allowable? Did if, if a daughter sees her mom and she goes, you know what, mom, I've seen her cry. Mom's not afraid to cry. But you know what? Mom's not afraid to be angry. But you know what? When mom's angry, she's not taking it out on me or my brother. Or she's not taking it out on my husband. She just goes to the room and shakes and screams. And you know what? And she makes it safe for me to do it too. And you know what? I've seen mom say that she's scared sometimes. Wow, mom is a great model of authenticity. Mom is a great model of full expression. She's not holding back herself. The biggest gift that we can give our, our children is authenticity from us. If we model our authenticity, we break generational trauma and we allow our children to be free children. A free child means that as they get older, in adolescence, teens, they're still not afraid to express themselves. There's so many men out there that are afraid to cry. There's so many women out there who you got to, I've seen so many women who are so angry and don't let it out. Mm -hmm. And they're putting on the mask of people pleasing. Yeah. So when this anger comes out, oh my God, this is when you see such miracle healing. Because I see a lot of women, but even in men, we're so disconnected from our heart because there's been that moment. Maybe our dad said, hey, you're a big boy now. You're tough. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. You can't, don't cry anymore. Don't cry anymore. Or you see that in a movie. The, the, the guy, maybe it's maybe it's a moment in a movie where a guy's crying and they go, look at that, look at that guy, he's so sensitive. Look at it. oh my God, what, what a wuss, right? And we take that to heart. Or maybe it's in school, right? Where we feel like crying and we're made fun of. These moments stay with us because again, it's about safety. If you're right. about to cry in school and you know that the people around you, your classmates are gonna make fun of you, it's gonna create a, a feeling of unsafety every time you come to the school. So we repress that part of us again and again and again. So those are the basic human emotions. Those are the things that drive. I would say fear is the umbrella for all. Fear unexpressed. Fear is the reason why we hold back our expression. Interesting. To, to, to me and my work is there's only love or fear. You can either choose to be in love and we can go a lot about what love really means or fear. Most people that you see in the street, most people you see on, on Instagram, most people that you ever meet are predominantly in a state of fear. And I actually think that that drives most disease because the state of fear, the state of I'm not safe to be who I am is what's repressing and repressing and repressing and causing more stress. What is stress? Stress is not just, oh, I'm stressed and my body's responding with cortisol. Stress essentially is you not being able to be yourself in the moment. If I come home and I go, honey, I'm stressed. And she goes, oh, man, I'm sorry, honey. What what happened? I'm like, yeah, my, my boss, he was just being an ass all day, you know, and it was it's the worst. Well, what I'm really saying is my boss said something to me and I wanted to be like, stop talking to me like that. Fuck that. I'm so mad. Right. Right. But we didn't allow ourselves to express that. So instead, we somatically felt the experience of stress Interesting. and stress is what is 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 essentially us saying. I'm just not allowing myself to be who I am in that moment. So, wow, what an amazing way to reframe what stress is. Right. If you're stressed, 
aside from physical stress, right? Overworking out, eating crappy foods, chemically stressed toxins, true emotional stress means that you're just not being who you are in that moment. And you're having the experience of what you think is stress. Wow. That is incredible and very profound. So here's my question for you. If most of us are repressing our emotions or we're all acting out of fear, how do we start expressing our emotions? This is, this is, this is the lifelong question, right? And I have a very simple and easy answer for you. If we're living in fear and we're repressing emotions, the number one thing that you have to do is get in your body. We want to become masters of meditation and we're novices. We're children just learning how to walk when it comes to connecting with our body. When you see a young child, they are fully connected with their body. Like I said before, mom, I got to poop. Immediately they feel the sensation of poop. Mom, I'm hungry. I want to eat right now. They feel the sensation of hungry. Oh my God, I'm so sad. <laughs> right? They, right? You see, a, you ever see a kid fall? And they don't just look at you with tears coming down their eyes. There's sound, right? There's a, yep. <gasps> right? Yep. We, we don't even let the first <gasps> come through. As soon as the first <gasps> comes, we repress it, repress it, hold it. No, it's not safe because I'm going to be judged, right? So the question is, how do we begin to even know if we're repressing emotions? The answer is going to be you are the moment you connect to your body. We have to stop. We are too fast. We're too fast. We are driving in a Ferrari, but now the wheel's coming loose and thinking we have control of it and the Ferrari is like all over the place. Our lives are too fast. We are not slowing down. We have to slow down in order to at least just feel what's in our body. How many of the listeners, how many of you out there come home, right? You sit down and you're by yourself and you have nothing to do and you start getting anxious because you have nothing to do. So all of a sudden you find something to do. You go, maybe I'm just gonna um, 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 clean up the whole bathroom. That's what I gotta do. The bathroom's been having to be clean and that, that little spot on the toilet, I gotta clean up the bathroom. Or how many, or, oh, let me go on my, maybe let me go on my phone. Let me just scroll or let me put on the TV or let me call some friends. Maybe I wanna go out. We do everything not to be. True. This is an important thing to understand. We do everything not to be. We are the best doers. We are elite masterful doers. We are children at being. The first way to even know if you are repressing emotions, which you are, is to be. Emotional healing or healing in general is a feminine as it's a feminine energy, the feminine energy of receiving the feminine energy of being. We are so in our hyper masculine of doing, 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 doing. We don't allow ourselves to receive and just be. So you have to connect to your body, however that looks, whether that means doing a somatic body scan meditation, whether that I mean, for me, I lay down on this table right here where the laptop is on and I'll close my eyes every morning and I'll feel my body just feel my body right how many of you have when was the last time you even visited your right toe your right second toe when was the first time you even knew that you, how it even feels i often have people do this practice and they're like oh my god i had i didn't even know my lower back is in so much pain because we run away from pain so much but not only physical pain emotional pain as well and we do that by going to the safest place in our body and that's our head we go to the logic and we go to the voice in our head, which is the safest thing. It's our ego protecting us from the pain that we're holding on on the inside. The pain of the moment where dad said, you're not good enough. The pain of the moment where mom didn't nurture us or give us love when we needed it the most. That's where we hold and remember the pain. The pain where our boyfriend judged us, our girlfriend judged us, the, the teacher judged us. The moment we said we wanted to sing and someone said, you have the worst voice. All of that is remembered in our body. Different parts of our bodies have that whole that expression. So you have to connect to your body. 
feel your body feel your body resting and weighing down on the surface under it notice where you have tension just notice where you have tension but there's a body map we hold emotions in different parts of the body once you understand where you're holding tension you're going to start to understand what emotion is there and as you do this more and more and i do this class called learning the language of the body for this reason i teach people how to connect to their body to put their hand on the part of the body that is tense and then listen here's the other part of this your body has been waiting to talk to you for so long children are so in touch with their body and that's where they're unfiltered when they feel something in their body they express it we feel something in our body and we repress it for years and years and years and years and years until we listen to the body's calls when it creates disease in our body our body's been yelling at us for 10 years and we finally listen and then we have arthritis right and then we finally go let me suppress the body's yells just a little more with medication this is the point i'm trying to bring up when we connect with our body we're going to connect to our intuition when we connect with our intuition we're going to know what our body needs if you're connected enough with your body you can go to a supermarket reach for some food and you'll feel a very subtle contraction or expansion around the food and you're going to go oh my god my body is literally rejecting what's in this food right here my body today does not want an apple let me let me go here let me go here Ooh. My body wants a carrot. I can't believe it. I feel it. I know where it's expanding. My tension is loose. Oh my God, I got to make some carrot soup tonight, right? This is how in tune we can be with our bodies. And that's when you're connecting to your emotions and that's when you're healing. That's incredible. I actually just heard someone yesterday talking about that in the grocery store of knowing what foods your body wants. Okay, so here's my question for you though. I, I have a lot of moms that listen to my podcast. So I know my moms are thinking like, dude, I've got newborns that are, you know, crying in the morning or toddlers that are up early and running around and then I'm getting them to daycare and then I'm running to work and get home and stop at the grocery store to hurry and make dinner and pick up the kids from daycare. Like where do they find time to connect with their body? Easy. This is, this is a great question because guess what? I see a lot of moms. I've seen a few single moms too, right? I know my heart's out there, right? I, I know, I know the family dynamics. I know what a newborn's like. I got friends who have newborns right? I might have a newborn in a few years. So I get it. So this is about then checking in throughout the day when it works for you. You're going to take a shower. Okay. You're going to take a shower hundred percent. This is a beautiful moment to just check in with your body, right? When you turn on the water, take, it only takes 10 seconds to drop to your body, right? Move your awareness away from your head and just tune into your body. Just feel right now. Where do I feel tension? I'll tell you right now, it's going to take five seconds. My upper left stomach, I feel tension. That means that right now I'm, I feel fear for some reason. Maybe there's something in my body. Maybe I'm scared to be on a podcast. Probably not. I like talking, but maybe there's something in my day that has brought more fear into my stomach. See? So once you tune into your body, just check in where you have tension. That takes five seconds. All moms can do that. All dads can do that. I would actually recommend, and this is what I tell a lot of my clients is, to move emotion through the body, the most important piece to this is your voice. Again, remember when I said the kid who falls and scratches their knee, they don't just sit there silent, you know, silent as a church mouse and just has tears coming down the eyes, right? right. They make they make sound. <gasps> right, right. We hear that. We hear that. So for us, we're so ashamed of our own voice. So even even just as powerful as checking in the body is connecting to your voice so what i tell a lot of the moms they go okay i'm going to do this 10 times in the shower and it's i'm going to breathe fully into my belly 
think about this. I tell people, take a deep breath in. And the first thing they do is lift up their shoulders and lift up their chest. That ain't breathing. That's sort of what I just did when you said that. Right? We are so trained to breathe sympathetically. And and here's why. If you and I were on a hike, Caroline, and we we saw a bear, the first thing we would do is... And all of the air would come in exactly how I told you to take a deep breath. That's giving the signal to our body that we're in a sympathetic state. We're sucking in our stomach and moving up our chest and shoulders. We're scared. That's fear. So instead, another great way to start checking in with this, even if you don't have time, let's say mom's just loading the dishes, right? You know, dad's doing something outside. Mom's loading dishes, kids playing with something on the floor. Okay. As you're loading the dishes, just stick out your belly. Not like society says a woman can't have her belly hanging out. Move your belly out, right? Let it hang. Let it, you know, kids with little pot bellies, there's a reason. It's because they're allowing themselves, they're inherently in tune with their own natural state of breathing. Their belly's out. Their diaphragm is going down fully, activating their vagus nerve, putting them in a parasympathetic state. So let your belly hang. Load up those dishes. Let your belly hang when you're sitting in the car. Just dropped off the kids. Oh, my belly's hanging. Now you're bringing yourself down into grounded state. Now you can really begin to feel your body. Now you're going to be able to be like, ooh, I have a pain on my left shoulder. What the heck is that? Well, it could be something on the feminine side for you, right? That's the feminine side. could be something with mom, especially the part of the body is. I know it sounds a little kooky. If I had a white coat years ago, I'd have been like, what's this guy talking about this on the podcast? This is crazy stuff, but I promise you it's real. It's, there would be a reason why we wouldn't see miracle healings if it wasn't, right? So the belly out, right? And then connecting to the voice, just breathing into the belly and just going fully expanding the belly, getting all the air in there, moving it to the chest for a second and letting it uh, over, letting it expand fully. You do three of those, you're going to be grounded. Your stress is going to be, your stress is going to move through the body. That tension, that tightness, The more louder you do it, the more expansive, the longer, the louder, the more filling up the room, the filling up the shower you're in for a five minute shower, all you can afford. Feeling the belly, doing the sound, connecting to the body. This takes, you can do five at a time throughout the day, five in the shower, five in the car, five loading the dishes. You've done 15 in the day. That is exponentially more than you've ever been doing. You are going to begin to feel better and more connected to yourself. That takes a total of eight minutes, nine minutes, and you could do it while multitasking. I love it. I love that it's an easy, doable task to do. We can all do that. And if you think about it, at least as I, as you were talking, when my teenagers are stressed and they're like sitting doing math homework or something, they'll just naturally be like, oh, you know, Smart. and it's them just releasing that naturally. And so as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, we all need to be better at that. Right. And notice most of us are sucking in our stomach pulling up our chest and only respirating or bringing in air, right? The respiration is up on our chest. We're using our scalene muscles on our neck to pull it up, right? So there's those moments, you know, when you're breathing like that and sometimes you're like at work, right? It's because finally your body's like, get away from your chest and come to your belly. Kids are not far removed from being young, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six years old. So they remember that very clearly. So you notice your teenagers doing that for a reason. It's their body knowing in its own wisdom what to do in that moment. We get older, repress more, disconnect from our body, disconnect from the wisdom, disconnect from intuition. We don't even know what our body needs. And then we just get a disease and we go, what do I do now? Right? So interesting. 
we connect to the body and you'll listen to it and you'll know what the body needs 10 years before you manifest a disease down the road. Upstream is the emotional component. Downstream is the mental adaptations, the anxieties, the OCDs, the addictions that we see. That's downstream. And downstream from that is the physical. Now look in medicine. We have the microscope on the, or the magnifying glass on the physical. There's a whole stream all the way up the Colorado River where there's a fountainhead and it's called emotional. So the emotional, repressing these emotions, this emotional trauma, all of this stuff is causing the physical health issues, correct? For it, m most physical health issues have an emotional component. That's not to say all of them, right? Someone might be like, okay, well, what about an infection, right? What about if like I get strep throat? That's not emotional. Okay, on the surface, it's not, right? You you caught a bug, quote unquote, or or the strep, the strep bacteria grew, right? And you got sick, right? Okay, that's great, that's great. But what's up, what's happening that your body is not resilient enough to fight it off right. naturally? So we have to think about it this this way. There's still an emotional component if you're getting chronic infections. If you're repress, let me tell you, to repress an emotion. It is a ton of energy. I know that because the energy is expressed and it literally shakes the room that I'm in, right? There's so much energy, so much heat energy. Some people look like they just came out of a sauna for a reason. And it's because, I want you to think about it this way. If, if your body has a million dollars in resources and it's gonna take $900,000 of resources to just repress emotion in the body, the rest of the body, only has, I ain't that good at math, but only has 100,000 left to use for the endocrine system, your hormones, your immune system, right? Your brain, your digestive system. Your, all, all the rest of the body is, is only working with a finite amount, really a small amount of energy. The rest sense. is utilizing that repression. And this is why my theory behind the miracles that we see, the healings, the full body, for example, full body eczema. Terrible. I have pictures of it. Terrible. Like, really severe eczema and this girl because of that had so many mental issues connected to it because she was depressed anxious so self-conscious and when she did the emotional healing it moved so much energy that was repressed particularly for her was anger for her father anger moving 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 all that energy all that heat and there's a reason why 90 percent of that eczema was gone in a day in a month, completely wow. gone. Why? It's because the body, all of that emotional repression, that energy, that resource, that $900,000 was finally given back to the body to do what it does best, balance and heal, right? They go, thank you, God, man, we're trying to build this whole temple and we just got rubble and, and rocks and sticks. Finally, now you're giving us the proper materials. Now we can build a roadway. Now we can build a skyscraper. Now we have everything we need because the body's not holding it. This is why I'm saying it's downstream downstream yep. now it's not all physical issues right you know a kid a baby's born with a physical issue you might go what the heck the baby hasn't lived the life of emotional emotional repression okay and maybe so but also what about the parents right because we'd be fools to think genetically there's not a generational trauma past we know the gene we know a gene that is connected to this nr3c1 that's a gene that is connected with the way we handle cortisol we also know in utero exposures we also know how stress was mom what about mom's repression we pass all of this on to our kids right right again there's still theoretically that emotional component even if we don't see it superficially now most issues emotion 
most issues, especially if someone's dealing with an issue that is not getting better. If someone goes, I don't know, I've done everything. I follow the best on Instagram. I've done all their recommendations. Mm-hmm. I got the best doctor. I, he's got, he's done, he or she's done all my blood work, all my poop tests. I'm just, it's still something is off. It's emotional. Emotion. If you've been suffering for years, it's emotional. I guarantee it. Okay, so question for you, because you talked about the emotions are trapped in the body. So are they trapped in different parts of the body, all in the same place? Where exactly are we holding on to these emotions? This is a great question. Um, there's a reason why traditional Chinese medicine has been around for so long. It's because they know stuff. They, they have a wisdom that like we just in modern medicine are going like, oh, well, uh, we just did this randomized control trial. And I think, uh, I think TCM might be right about something here, right? Yeah, 2000 years later, right? And they were right about many things. The body holds, it has energetic channels, right? We move energy through the body. We know that right? That's the mind-body connection is the, the reason why acupuncture works, right? We just these little needles and all of a sudden we put it on my shoulder and my back feels better. It's because there's energetic meridians. Well, fast forward now, we, there, we have a rough idea and I'm developing my own one because I see a lot of clients and I found things that are not connected to the body map that we are accepting in medicine right now. But there's a body map where emotions are loosely held. We know that Sadness and grief are in the chest area or the lung, the lung area. TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, says it's in the lung. I agree. Chest, lungs, okay? TCM says that fear is held in the kidneys, right? Well, in many ways, I've seen that too, yeah, in the kidneys. I find that it's mostly on the upper left, upper left part of the body, uh, of the belly, near the stomach or the pancreas or the spleen area, you know? Definitely, they were right about anger being in the liver, that's something I've seen without fail every single time. And what I mean by seeing is I'm not, when I work with a client, I'm not like, you feel anger, don't you? Right? That's not my place to say that. It's the client saying, I feel, I'm starting to feel really hot. I don't know. I feel kind of angry. And I just seeing my, I'm seeing my dad all of a sudden, my dad. And I go, okay, where do you feel that in the body? It's almost 99% of the time in their stomach, right in their liver. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Things like sexual repression, shame, guilt are in the womb for the women, the root for the men, the hips. I often see, I can tell really quick, when a client's laying down, one of the first things I assess is their hip, the looseness of the hips. And oftentimes rigidity in the hips oftentimes translates to rigidity around your own connection to your own sexuality. And this is a tough one for a lot of people to hear because there's so many cultural, societal, religious connotations to sexuality right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's fair for us to say that we're not sexual beings, right? And to deny, it doesn't mean to act it out, but to deny that we're sexual beings is a huge, huge repression. And I, I bring this up because this is actually the deepest thing I see in most people is repression of their own sexuality. They're so ashamed Mm. of, of most women are ashamed to embody their true feminine expression of their sexuality and sensuality because society or their partner has said, well, this is just sex. This is the way it is. Right. And, and, you know, we, we grow up and now the younger generations, their idea of sex is right here on the phone, the pornography, right? Porn. It's only sexual penetration intercourse done. Right. Mm. Whoa. What the hell? We're living in a world where men have this idea that this is what it means to be sexual. 
women for the most part are submitting submitting to that without their own power and being like hold on wait whoa that doesn't align with me actually i feel in my body i'm so deeply connected to my sensuality right i want smells i want taste i want light i want touch i want movement i want flow oftentimes when a woman reconciles with the connection with her womb there's a there's a complete shift in the in the woman complete it it's it is the most incredible thing i i have seen a woman and I, one comes to mind super and there's nothing wrong with being in your masculine this is the world that we've created we i have feminine energy and i have masculine energy or doing and being energy right if we right. want to be super inclusive about everything but the world is created for a woman to be in her masculine always Mm-hmm. Right. And and listen, viewers, it, if, if you're a woman, tell me if this resonates with your or see if it resonates with your heart. The world has created a place where you are to be in your masculine. Do, 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 achieve, direct your energy, go, 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 do. True. And then you come home and then you're in a man. You're with a man who has a wounded masculine because of the relationship with his father that he has compensated to be in a hyper feminine. So now mom comes home and she has to continue do, 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 go, 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 make the plans of kids, of kids, of kids at home. So there's, a, there's this woman in particular, this was her life and she comes and I can tell already at least just the, the way she walked in, the, her energy, the way she talked, she was 24 seven in her masculine. She didn't remember what it was like to just be, to mm. receive, to surrender, to flow, right? her true balance of the masculine and feminine. She was so on that seesaw, deeply pushed down in the masculine, there was so much weight that it was manifesting in her physical. And for her, she had uterine issues, right? So, so menstrual pain, it was, her womb was screaming, hey, remember me, you need to connect to me. Like, I'm not just here for your period and babies. Like I hold like an incredible amount of power. I can create life. That's, hold on, let's, let's stop. A woman has the ability to create life in the womb. Do you know how powerful the womb is? So now we think about the womb, the power of the womb, how much power a woman has coming from the womb. And this woman in particular connected to the womb. I gave her stuff to do at home. I saw her a month and a half later, her face was softer. She, her outfit was softer. It was like crazy. It's like she, she dressed, there was more flow, more expression to the outfit that she wore. She was less stiff. Her posture was more relaxed. And then she lays down and her hips were just, and I, I talked to her about it after. And she was like, yeah, I've been doing the hip movements that you said, the womb connection that you said. And what that did was balance her. It wow. balanced her. She was going down a route of manifesting now physical issues because of that. I'm always in my masculine and now created a better balance of that masculine and feminine. Wow, what a gift, because not only is she in a healthier place, but now she's modeling to her daughter, who she had, who was 12 years old, her daughter, she's modeling what it means to be a woman in her balance. Now her daughter's seeing, whoa, because this is your, your, your greatest heroine to your daughter. You're, 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 you know, you're, you're the, the one. No matter how many shows she watched, movie stars she follows, it's you, right? It's the parents. And now you've modeled what a balanced woman in her healthy power looks like. And this is like, that's the most beautiful thing. So womb, womb, womb is so essential, so essential. A woman who was infertile for two years came here. She was ready to do IVF. This was her last thing she did. And in two months, she got pregnant. Wow. Two months and her womb was active. And she, and her in particular, she had some someone that crossed her boundary and she had a lot of sadness and anger in her womb. But 
sexual repression is, I go back to that. It's, we have to come back to saying, okay, like you can follow whatever you want to, whatever rules, but as long as you make amends that, yeah, you're a sexual being, that's okay. That's okay. You can be a sexual being. You're allowed to be sexual and, and you can be sensual and you can be expressive in who you are and be accepted. No one, no one's going to judge you because in fact, when they see you in your full power and full potential, you're either going to trigger them, but you're going to lay a seed or you're going to inspire them. Regardless, you're doing good in the world just by you being you. That is fascinating. I could do a whole podcast with you about this because I'm sure a lot of women don't even realize that they're stuck in just being the masculine or using that masculine energy 24 seven. And they don't even realize it. They don't even realize it. And then again, my belief is that we attract a partner for two reasons, right? The partner, it's not a mistake. The part, the first boyfriend you had, and it's not a mistake, the partner you married. We attract partners for two main reasons for healing the emotional repression to coming back to our authenticity, our authentic selves, and to balance the masculine and feminine, right? Mm. The true polarity and dynamic, however it looks for you, right? Right. Like for me as a man, I can be just a little more feminine or I could be just a little more masculine or it's okay. One day I could be one, one day I could be the other. But so long as I'm in that space of balance, right? Now, most of those women who are in their hyper-masculine, they have to handle all the stuff at work damn, and now I got to handle everything at home. They oftentimes attract a man who is hyper-feminine. Mm. And there's a reason. They often attract, and this, I guarantee you, there's going to be a listener who goes, holy shit. <laughs> they often attract a, a partner who has a wound. Now, these wounds create the imbalance in our masculine and feminine. We're born in balance with that. And if we're allowed to be free children, we come into it naturally. But oftentimes, a son who has a wound from with his father oftentimes uh, has a resentment towards the masculine, right? So say, let's say I have a father wound. I often resent my own masculinity and compensate with hyperfemininity. A woman who has a wound with her mother often resents her femininity and, and brings in more hypermasculinity. Okay. Makes sense. So, so these polarities, are brought together in a very specific way. So you, you attract a partner, not just because they're funny and they're nice and they're handsome or they're pretty. There's more to that. There's, it's, it's, it's such a magnetic, sacred pull. It's not, there's billions of people in the world and it's just you too. There's a reason. It's because that person exactly hits that exact note on the symphony that you need for your healing. So think about it. The woman who's in her hypermasculine, think, think if your husband is very passive, can't lead, right? Has trouble leading, is, is not able to be intentional, to plan, to stand up straight and go, okay, you know what? Hold on. You ain't going to do this. I got this. I'm going to, I'm going to do this right now from now on. Let me put, put this on me. You know what? You ain't planning this anymore. I got this. Where's the assertion balance in the man? And if your man isn't expressing that, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. It's because he's not coming into his own healthy masculinity because you are not in your healthy femininity and vice versa. So what a gift is opening the space for more femininity and more masculinity and a healthy balance because then watch, I promise you, on my own on all my medical licenses you're going to be fighting much less. You're going to feel more intimately closer with your partner. Your sex is going to be way better. Your sensuality is going to be way way better. You're going to your children are going to see much deeper relationship with your 
with your partner, which is one of the most important things you can do and model for your children. The whole family unit heals just by you balancing that place. But so much of it comes from the emotional repression. So interesting. So this is, this, it's, it's not, it's not, it, it's, it's like, I've seen so much of this for so long enough to say, okay, yeah, there you go. This is what it is, right? I'm not saying I have the golden nugget, but I'm saying there's a big ass golden nugget behind me that is really helpful and is going to help a lot of people. So interesting. It's why I guess there's the saying the opposites attract because basically yeah. that's what you're saying. Exactly. Okay, I have another question, though, along these lines. Well, actually, I have a few questions. But first of all, when people are talking about um, emotional healing and holding on to emotions, I often hear about the fascia. So is the fascia also holding on to our emotions or no? Great question. Great question. Um, I believe in my work that the emotions are held in the fascia. I don't think they're held in the organs. I don't think they're held in the bones. They're definitely in the body. And I believe that they're in the fascia. And here's why. Fascia is the most mysterious tissue in science to the body. Maybe we, we should explain really quick to the yeah. listeners what the fascia is in case they don't yeah. know. I'm going to give the best analogy. Okay. If you think of saran wrap all around your body, that's your fascia. It's sort of like a second silver skin under the skin. It is the thing that holds you together, right? If we didn't have fascia, we'd be kind of like a, just a big gloop on the floor, right? Like just like a puddle of skin and eyes, right? Sorry for that visual, but <laughs> the, the, the fascia is what wraps our body and, and you can store, sort of see it. If you cut into, uh, if you ever did cadaver lab, you cut through the skin, you go through the layers of the skin and you'll see like a little silver webbing under that. That's the fascia. But there's layers you can go past that and you go down the muscle and there's more fascia more fascia but it it sort of wraps around everything in the body there's nothing that the fascia doesn't touch in the body including the blood it's everywhere the fascia is the tissue that has communication from the bottom of our toe to the tip of our head the fascia is the reason why when you get a massage and someone presses on one part of the body and another party part of the body you feel that tension that pull is the reason why, right? So if you think of like a shirt and you twist it around your finger and it creates a little a little circle around the finger and it's pulling from different sides, that's sort of like the fascia, right? Now, why is the fascia important? Well, mechanically, it's there to hold us together, right? Mechanically, it's there to, to facilitate the movement, the gliding of muscles, right, across the fascia. And as the fascia gets traumatized, now there's physical trauma, you get into a car accident, guess what remembers first? The fascia, the memory of the car accidents in the fascia. So this is the reason why for someone who's in a car accident and they're kind of like calm and walk into the coffee shop and then they hear brake screech, right? And their neck tightens up. It's not because their muscles are like, oh no, it's because the fascia has the memory, which connected, it's connected deeply and intimately in the brain. So the emotional centers in the brain are sending a, sending a signal to the fascia, fascia back to the brain, they're communicating, and it's going tighten, protect. Fascia is there for survivability, right? Fascia is there when someone's about to punch you in the stomach and you tighten up, the fascia around the stomach is tightening. But now anytime someone, you see a fist on TV or in a movie or someone just raises their hand, you tighten up again. It has memory. And we saw this, we see this now that fascia holds memory. And there's these beautiful the cells of the fascia. This is very important to understand. They're not just cells floating around a matrix, right? 
it's actually a network of cells. It's one unit. It's think of a big quilt that is just quilted together like a mosaic quilt, huge quilt, right? It's not just a big matrix with little circles. All the circles are connected. So that means, and it fast, it travels faster, the signal from one fascial cell to the other, faster than the speed of light. Hmm. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Because it has electromagnetic. It's not just electric, like the brain and the nerves that is going neuron to neuron electric. It's going electromagnetic. And I don't want to get too technical, but I'm going to, this is important to understand. That means that the fascia is not only deeply connected in signals and telling our body to protect very fast within less than a second, but we also see that the fascia has anticipatory signaling. Hmm. That means that the fascia can anticipate a threat before the threat is even acted out. Wow. The fascia, in essence, is your intuition. The network of cells have so much memory that all you need, all you need is just a weird feeling for your body to react. All you need is just without even a subconsciously knowing a smell in the air that reminds you of your, of somebody who really hurt you in the past, the cologne they wore, the perfume, just a quick scent, a one second scent, and the whole body reacts. This is for, for survivability, for protection in the body. It protect, it's like a shield. It's like a, a force field that is created in the body. So what I see is that the emotions, the energy of the emotion, right? Let's forget the words fear, anger, just the energy of the emotion is held in the fascia in coordination with the nervous system. Fascinating. So question then, can you heal your fascia? Is that where you start or you heal a different way emotionally? This is, this is great question. I keep saying great question, but you're, you're saying <laughs> you're asking great questions. Uh, well, one, you have to get in the body, as I mentioned before, right. you have to relax your belly. You have to first come back to your breathing, come back right. to your body. Just know where you're holding tension, train your voice, uh, you know, maybe go up and down. You have to hear your voice expanding to move that energy. But when it comes to the fascia, I actually recommend doing uh, fascial releasing, myofascial releasing with the balls. You ever do, uh, you ever roll around with a lacrosse ball? Yep. Have you ever tried? Yep. Yeah. So that actually helps, but I'm going to, it's, it's funny, I, I added a little extra to it. I call it emotional rolling, right? So let's say you woke up or you've been up for a little bit, you had your coffee, but then you're like, let me, let me check, let me check what I, my body real quick. You lay down. And you feel just like I said, oh, upper left, I feel tension right here. Remember I said that maybe I have a little fear of something today. I have to check in with my body later. So I feel a tension on my upper left belly. So later after this podcast, I can grab one of my lacrosse balls. I have a bigger one than a lacrosse ball. It's actually like a, like a bigger size one and lay on it, right? And I can actually roll around and go to the spot that I feel the most amount of tension, the most amount of like pinch, like, ooh, 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 here's my pressure point. Here it is. Okay. And then I can begin breathing, right? Taking a deep breath as, be as best as I can to my belly, even though I'm on my stomach. And then just doing like your kids doing the homework. Ah, like, but really extending it till I have wrung out all the air from my lungs. And that's gonna be really important because you're going to feel that part of your body starting to melt over the ball. Do it again, ah, do it again over and over until you feel that tension that is resisting the ball, all of a sudden begin to surrender. Remember we were talking about surrender and receiving. It's the same energy. Surrendering that 
fascia, that muscle relaxing over the ball until you're fully surrendered onto the ball and you just uh, kind of just like dead weight on it. You've opened up and you might find, and this happened before and it's happened to clients, you might find that certain parts of your body as you become louder in your, uh, you might start crying all of a sudden, right? And there's emotion that starts flowing. That If there's any better way of identifying that emotions are in the body, it's it's rolling your body and seeing with the sound that emotions start coming up. It's in the body, right? So try that at home. You can actually get a set of lacrosse balls. There's um you can get them on Amazon. Um, I, I I do you know um Lauren Roxburgh? Do you know who that is? Lauren Roxburgh. She's a fascial oh yes specialist. Yes, yes. She's she's really great. Um and she has she has a set of you know I have no affiliation mm-hmm. but she has a set of um, fascial balls. blasting type things. Yeah, fascial yeah. So. It, it's worth exploring, especially if you feel in your body really tense. It, it can be day and night. You'll feel like you came out of a, a massage in 15 minutes. So that's so interesting. We have a fascia um, therapy clinic just right by my home, and they do all types of fascia therapy. And I didn't really connect the two that you could go there for emotional healing. So- yeah, in many, but it's because, it's because they're not coupling it with the sound. Mm. Right. I haven't okay. heard anyone who do saying, you know, do this rolling. Oh, but also like make a sound. Right. They don't say that. They'll just say, do the rolling. Just breathe a little bit. It, it's, it's half the formula. Okay. You have to do it and you have to actually come from your body. Come like what I would tell people is where you have that ball or that device or whatever you're using, where you feel that pressure pushing in that pain, what is the sound that is coming from that space? What is what is the unique sound that is coming from that space? And if you bring your voice from that place, right? You bring it that pain, the sound of that pain from that place, then you're in resonance. You're coordinating your sound to that to that pain, right? And that's where you might find emotion coming. Okay, so is the sound allowing the emotional release? The sound so it's two ways. Okay. It is the it is the um, stimulation, right? Whether it's through breathing, whether it's through pushing through the body, the the the, the fascial, um, but ultimately the sound is the permission. Okay. Right? And and it's like the emotions once they're ready to move, they look at the light at the end of the tunnel, and your throat is the end of the tunnel. Mm. And if it's a one lane highway, they're gonna be like, ah, oh, damn, we can't go. We gotta stay in here. But if you've opened your voice to a ten lane highway then it's going to move. And this is an important point that I have to bring up. Most people are repressing their voice. Most people, you know, you know, the people who do the quote, quote unquote best. And I say quote unquote best because there's no best and worse in emotional release, right? The people who come to me, they're, they're where they are. You know, there's no judgment. You know, some people are like, just need to just connect to their body and there's no emotions and that's fine. Maybe the next time there's a massive explosion. Some people lay down and as soon as there, I even it's like a, it, like you just touch the flower and it opens up so fast, right? It's okay. But the people who do the quote unquote best are the people who are singers, who are hmm. in theater, who are on TV and use their voice. These are the, these are the people who are immediately they're okay going. Ah, right? They're not afraid to use their voice, right? They're not afraid to project their voice. Most people, a lot of men and women, especially women, oh my God, they don't want to use their voice, right? They're, okay, as a woman, I can't be, I, I need to be seen, but not heard. This is something that I've heard, right? And the people with thyroid issues, I would actually think 
If you have a thyroid issue, what is the manifestation physically of that energy of repressing your voice, of not being heard, right? How many of us talk from our chest and yell at our kids, hey, don't do that, versus from our belly and our power, hey, don't do that, right? Big difference. Yeah, so interesting. What, I, what I'm saying is we have to connect to our true voice. There's actually nothing more important if anyone gets anything from this podcast, aside from rolling and and belly, is your true voice. Your true voice is the most important piece for your healing. You have to connect back to your voice, the sound of how loud it can get, how expansive, how long it can go, how beautiful your voice is when it sings. I don't care. I sound like two drunken alley cats in New York City behind a Chinese food store, you know? Like, I sound terrible. But you ask my partner, she goes, oh, my God, Christian doesn't stop singing, man. In the shower, he's singing Elvis. In the, in the, in the kitchen, he's singing Frank Sinatra. You know, in, in the living room, he's singing Michael Jackson, right? Like, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, I've removed the shame from my voice. What matters more to me is my authenticity than what people think about how I sound. I and that's an it. important place to be. So if you're listening, you have to connect to your voice. Sing. But I'm talking about not sing with your belly in from your chest. Drop your belly. Bring it out. Be in the car. Put two songs on that make you feel like you want to express. And sing louder than you're used to. 50% louder than you're used to. Be in your bathroom. Breathe into your belly. Do that children homework sound. Ah, right? Let that guttural primal sound get activated. Society says a woman can't go, right? Because that's too much. I can't, men, we can't hold a woman who's really big and expansive in her energy. We can't hold a woman who's primal, who's powerful. No, we want to keep you repressed. No, forget that. This is the time for women to step in their power. Men, this is the time for us to step in our heart, to open up and be those powerful leaders, but also be in our heart, you know, right. be those warriors, but also be in our heart. And to be honest, the voice is so much of that work. Connect to your voice, sing, sound, make that sound from your belly. What is that sound when you're stressed, right? Connect to that primal part of you, connect to that beautiful singing part of you and watch, watch how emotions now have more and more permission, more and more permission. They're watching, they're watching your voice. They're watching how much you sing. They're watching how much you're connected to your voice, how confident you are in your voice. And once they see that, they're gonna start moving with more permission. Because that lane highway is going to be open and open and open and open. Wow. I love everything you've said. You have shared so much wisdom with us today and so many profound thoughts for people to think about. I could talk to you for another hour, but I know yeah, we're yeah, short know. on time here. So I have one last question, though, because I'm afraid if I don't ask this, I'm going to have 10,000 DMs. So okay. I know listeners are going to say, Okay, I obviously have suppressed emotions. I got that from this podcast. Do I just have to do the things that Dr. G talked about of like finding my voice and letting that voice um, be released and the deep breaths and connecting to my body? Do I just need to do those things or do I need to go to talk therapy or to a counselor or do I need to do other forms of therapy? Great question again. What a great way to end this. Um, well, there's a difference. I'm for I'm all for talk therapy for feeling like you have a confidant where you can get things off of your chest, right? That's the value of talk therapy. It's really powerful for you to just build the tools on how to communicate 
what you need or how to communicate with your partner, how to communicate with your family member. Really, it's it's tool centric. I don't think and, and, you know, mark me down for this and I don't want it to be controversial, but sometimes it can be. Talk therapy is not going to heal emotional repression. It okay. will not heal emotional repression. You may cry in talk therapy. You may get a little mad in talk therapy, but you ain't going to feel that emotional release. You ain't going to have that part of you that is on the other side of the emotional healing. This is why people come to me. They come, and this isn't me just like marketing my business. I don't, I don't, what you do is what you do, right? Do the rolling. You'll never see me. This is fine. But I'm trying to say, this is why people come to me and after the session, they'll say that was like 10 years of talk therapy. I have the DMs. I have the emails. They're like, this was 12 years of talk therapy. I've done talk therapy all my life. We've never even gotten this close. And there's a reason. Talk therapy will show you that there's a tree. Somatic, emotional healing will show you the roots. You understand? Mm. And that's the big difference. That's the big difference. Why? Because we cannot heal through logic. We mm. can't heal through logic. And the reason we love talk therapy, because we want to talk, our ego wants to talk more and more. And we want to find out the moment that our dad said this. And we want to find out our moment, why are, we, why are we this with mom or that with mom? Okay, you had the epiphany. What the hell does that change? You still feel mm. terrible in your body. You're still calling in the worst relationships. You still have a, a job that you hate, right? What, is, what hasn't changed is it's in the body. So instead of appeasing our ego with talking and talking and talking, I promise you the body does not care about your problems. The body doesn't care about what happened to your dad. The body doesn't care about what happened to your mom. I don't want to sound crass, but the body does not care. It would be as silly as me saying right here, if I cut my knee and as I have an open womb, wound and I go, hey, everyone on Instagram, look at the wound on my knee. It really cares about what happened in eighth grade when they said I couldn't sing and I was really embarrassed. My knee doesn't care. It only cares if I'm picking the scab or I'm letting it heal. The same with the body. The body only cares, are you allowing yourself to feel and express the emotion or are you repressing it? That's it. That's mm. it. The body doesn't care about the language, doesn't care about details. It doesn't care about the traumas. It doesn't care about any of it. But when we go to therapy, we talk about this and the ego is like, yes, more. Give me more. I want to know more about myself. But the body doesn't care if you know about yourself. The body only cares, are you connected to it in alignment? So if you go to talk therapy, I'll say it this way. If you have a therapist, you have to have an emotional somatic healer. You have to. Otherwise, you're wasting your money and time. If you have an emotional somatic healer, you don't need a therapist. You okay. Understand? Yeah. That's, that's the way that I would say it. Okay. That's great advice because I do think that talk therapy can provide a lot of tools of how to deal with stress okay. and handle with stress and how to deal with this situation. But like you said, they're not going to help you release the emotion. You need to do that work yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. Like I said, we have learned so much from you. I know people are going to want to find you on social media. So where can they um, find you? So a few places. The uh, main Instagram is at D-O-C-T-O-R.Gonzalez, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z. The uh, emotional healing one is at Elm.Health. And that's the website. And uh, if if you're interested in doing uh, emotional healing, what I offer is one-on-one like you and me in this room that where this podcast is being taken place. Um, or we can do one-on-one virtual. Let's say you, you're on the other line. We could like do it right after this podcast or something, right? Or we also have group classes at a lower price point, group classes that create the space for emotional healing. And there's different ones. There's one that are centered around if you're feeling angry and you have gut issues, because if you have gut issues, 
you almost inevitably have anger repression or fear repression. Almost everyone who has gut issues has that. That's why so many Americans probably have gut issues. Because we're so Americans are more angry than anyone. I've this is I've seen, and I've been I've done a lot of this emotional healing work in New York. Oh my God, a lot of New Yorkers and New Jerseyans are East Coasters are really angry. But guess what? So are we in California, or so are we on the West Coast, or so are we in the Midwest because we're so quiet and we don't want to we want to hold it in. So um, there's classes, right? There's anger release classes, fear release classes, finding your voice. We we just signed on to get someone to do uh, breath work, emotional healing breath work, emotional healing sound journey. I just signed the guy yesterday to uh, join in and help us with finding our voice and finding our singing voice, right? So people connecting us to our voice, a mindful eater, right? So this is, Elm is a big place to create a community where we have different choices to do different things. We're all doing the same thing, connecting us back to our body. So yeah, group virtual ones on Elm, one-on-one with me, whatever you want. And then I have the podcast, Heal Thyself, that is more than emotional there's physical stuff and you know as you know like a lot of the stuff that we love together it's like the the environmental stuff and don't watch out for this and go for this so um yeah you can find me there and feel free to dm me i i try to answer most dms anyway so i'd be happy to dm and look thank you for having me on this podcast i love talking about this stuff as you can tell it comes from my bones and and, and you know my cartilage and i really it's 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 important for me to shift what we're doing in medicine and there's a new wave coming and i don't say take this lightly this has been coming for 10 years there's a new wave and it's this sort of somatic emotional healing and i'm standing up uh, in my again masculine right the masculinity and saying that i'm going to lead this journey i'm going to lead this wave and um thank you for giving me the space to do this thank you so much for being here listeners he is such an amazing resource to follow on social media. His podcast is amazing. You always have great topics, great guests. So go follow his podcast. Go f- follow him on Instagram. I'm excited to go check out Elm. I actually didn't yeah. know much about that. So I'm going to go check that out. So thank you for sharing all of that. I always end my podcast with asking my guests what they have found to be the best ingredient in life. What would you say it is? Authenticity. Being who you are without fear and allowing that you who you are to be expressed so radiantly so big that you allow people to begin to have the permission to do the same themselves that's how you heal the world i love that i am going to go home and just ponder my authenticity (laughs) it is just amazing thank you again for being here you seriously have taught us so much i know this podcast is going to do so well because people just are interested about this and wanting that next phase in healing and emotional healing is what it is. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you all the viewers uh, or the listeners. If if this, I don't know if it's on YouTube, but everyone for taking the time out and really just being receptive and opening your heart to it. And if it resonates, start moving towards that direction. If, if, if If I spoke any part of this to your heart, listen to your heart and move to that direction. If I, if I talk to your head and you go, I don't, this guy's a kook, then let it be. Maybe you come back next year. Then maybe you listen next year and then you open your heart again. Where you are is perfect. It ain't no problem. All the love. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus, get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.